When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Uplifting Impact Podcast. I am Deanna Singh, the Chief Change Agent with Uplifting Impact, and I am excited to be hosting you today as we dive deeper into our journey to make the world more diverse, equitable, and inclusive. And today, I have Guillermo Gutierrez on the line with me. Guillermo is a native of Mexico, actually Mexico City, I learned, but he has spent the last 16 years living and working in the United States. He has also lived and worked in so many other amazing places, including India, Fiji, Canada, and Morocco. He currently lives in Milwaukee, in my city, so lucky. Don't be jealous. Uh, with his wife, Ellen, and the rest of his families. After graduating from university with a BA in marketing, he spent the next two and a half years working abroad where he really discovered his professional calling in learning and development and cultural coaching. He has been in this work for over 22 years and has brought his professional experiences to bear in different kinds of corporate roles in human resources, but also as a consultant to Fortune 500 companies. And right now, he is at Manpower Group. So welcome to the show, Guillermo. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. I, I, uh, since you invited me, I, I have been thinking about this and looking forward to the conversation with you. So thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. So one of the questions that we've been asking our guests recently, and it's so much fun, um, is what brings you joy? What, what is something that makes you smile? Yeah, I love that question. I, I um, You know, they're, they're, they're different things. Um, I will say I've worked what brings me joy is to know that anything I did help others either feel um, more connected, um, help them solve something they were trying to solve, um, help them feel heard, um, more confident. Um, anything that I can do to help people move forward in their own journey, um, it can be an individual, it can be a team. Um, you know, sometimes you get lucky and you do something that has broader impact. Um, but that is what brings me joy in what I do. And then, you know, outside of work, I'm, I love people. And, and I, I just love learning the stories of people, how they see the world. So I enjoy just being in different spaces where um, I can just learn from what others are doing, get to know, again, different people, because that just makes me just a better person in general. So that I thrive on that. Uh, I say I'm very social and you can define me as extroverted, but I am not the type of social that likes to go to parties and it'll be at the center of attention. Uh, I'm the social that just likes to be surrounded by people and take an opportunity to ask questions and learn from others. So anything has to do with people brings me joy. 
And I love playing pickleball. <laughs> that brings me awesome. joy. That That's brings awesome. me joy. That is the only reason why I get up at 5.30 in the morning on a weekday is to go play pickleball. It's my mental, emotional, and physical therapy and uh, that's a big thing. So I discovered that passion a few years ago. And if you talk to others who play the sport avidly, it's like a cult. Uh, you, you once you get sucked in, you can't get out. Uh, so <laughs> I, I really enjoy that. Uh, and other than that, it's just spending time with friends and family, of course. Um, that's nothing exotic. Um, but I really enjoy the quality time of sharing life together. That's so awesome. I've only played pickleball a, a couple of times and I'm not very good at it. So uh, <laughs> if you invite me, just invite me as a spectator, okay? Not not to participate. I'm going to give you that fair warning. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter what level. That's the beautiful thing about, about pickleball. There is, um, it's fun no matter how you play. So there you go. We'll go play and we'll have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So you mentioned in your bio that it was while you were working abroad that you really discovered your career calling in learning and development and cultural coaching. Yep. I'm just curious about how that came to be because I, you know a lot of people ask, well, how did you get into to this work? How did you end up doing diversity, equity, inclusion work? So I'm always really curious about you know what what that looked like, and and so I'm just yeah, tell us tell us how that happened. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Really, my my life will will be very different. I think had I not taken taken the opportunity to do a traineeship in India and then decided to stay and and uh, keep the the experience alive, it changed my life personally because it gave me it got me out of my bubble. Um, I had prior to that I, I spent uh, a semester abroad in Canada, and that was really eye-opening. And that experience gave me the confidence to apply for you know, this traineeship that then took me much farther away from Mexico than, uh, than Canada. But it, but it was being a 12-hour time difference um, in a place that was, in many ways, completely unfamiliar, and in some other ways, very similar to my experience in Mexico, um, that I started to think about uh, the world beyond what I knew differently. And I also started to see myself differently. Um, you know, I questioned some of my own beliefs and my ways of seeing, seeing the world. I've always been a very curious person, but there's nothing better for curiosity than being in a place with so much newness. Um, so that, you know, it's a great match, right? Like, you know, I, I wanted to know everything and see everything. And there was a lot of things to see. And, and a lot of things to learn. So it just, I think that, that was the first time that I brought it the second. Canada was definitely the first, but it was the second time in a different context that I started to work the muscles of adapting, adjusting, you know, reframing, pausing, and um, trying to understand others instead of asking them to understand me. Um, and so that experience, again, taught me a lot of things that later in life, when I began doing this work formally, uh, helped me not only understand what the world was about, but also explain that to others, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And make some of those connections. Um, and so I, my first experience with difference was really fun and, and exciting. And, and I didn't really have a lot that I was, that I felt I, I needed to give up to have that experience. I was very young. I, you know, I 
didn't really have expectations of what things should be. Now, I, it's interesting because I live with people from many different countries in Mumbai. We were in an apartment. It was seven of us, six or seven of us um, in the same place. And coming from Mexico and being in India, I understood some of you know, I understood some of the social constructs, the family. I have seen poverty. You know, I have seen you know different things that that helped me understand and be more. I'm not this empathetic, but to to not judge right right off the back what I was saying in 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 a country uh, that has a lot of challenges and discrepancies between you know those who have and those who have not. Because I, I come from a place that where that is a reality. But I, I saw my friends coming from Europe and other places that really had a hard time mm-hmm. connecting and, and making sense of how could people live like this, or you know, why are things not as organized, or why do people don't why are people doing this and not this? Um, and so I it was the first time that I thought I am lucky to come from a place where I saw different worlds. And there was not just one way of being and doing. Uh, now, I'm pretty privileged because I never had to worry about food on the table or, you know, education. Um, we were not wealthy, but we had everything we needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I was able to see both, right? I had the opportunity to have, you know, education and, and the framework to understand what I was saying. But also, I wasn't used to things being easy. Yeah. Uh, and so I could understand in, in this new environment, um, why things might not be what others were used to. So personally, again, it changed me. India is one of the most diverse places on earth in terms of everything, ethnic groups, languages, religions, geography. I mean, it's, it's you name it. And then my job became, through one of those experiences, to uh, assist consultant who, for a living, did cultural competency training, leadership development, cultural integration, and so I discovered that you could do that. Yeah. And that was your work. So I never looked back. Once I once That's I found awesome. that that was a thing that you could do, um, I decided that I needed to go back and have some more formal education about it so I could continue to do that. And, and that's when I came back to Mexico, did a master's degree in organization development, and then I, I just kept going. But that's, that, wow. that's what informed my experience. Yeah, no, that's so that's so awesome. So I've actually um, had the great pleasure of being able to be a tour guide for multiple groups coming from all over the world to India. And oh. the first time that I did it, I was really young, um, you know, and I thought that my primary responsibility was to be there as a translator, right? That really the biggest asset I could bring to the group was my ability to understand the language and to help people navigate, you know, the the language barriers that might exist. And I very quickly found out that that was the least important thing. (laughs) Right. People can gesture, they can, they, you know, like given context, you can kind of whatever, but that the bigger thing was navigating through experiences that people had never, ever seen or had in their own lives. And so I can hundred percent relate to, to your story, but I think that there might be somebody out there who's like, um, Guillermo, Diana, there's a pandemic. We're not actually traveling that much right now. You know, and, and so how could I get into a space or into a place 
where I was getting the same kind of like diversity of experience, right. And, and richness of, of, of an experience that maybe is completely outside the one that I have. I, I always promote, if you're able to do it, obviously it's a huge privilege, especially given the context that we're in right now to yeah. be able to travel, but that that's a wonderful way to do it. But sometimes I think that people miss out on the fact that your travel could be like five minutes away from where you live. Right. I, I was talking to uh, somebody who was just with us and uh, recently at the summit. And one of the things, you know, that they were talking about doing was, oh, no, I'm going to start going to a grocery store where I don't, everybody speaks a different language than the one that I do. Mm-hmm. Right. And all of us, because of the context of kind of where, where we are, for a lot of us, that is a possibility, just going a few miles over to be in a, in a place and in situations where people look at the world and, and move in the world in a very different way than, than what we're used to. And what a beautiful way to just expand your horizon on how things can be done. Right. And, and how we can show up. So thank you for, for sharing that. And I'm going to throw that challenge out there to our listeners. Like, yeah, think about what is your equivalent, right. Of, of being in a space that's just completely different than the ones that you normally occupy. You know, it, it requires, I love what you're saying. Um, and thank you for the call out because yes, you can tell, well, that, okay. Yeah, of course you went to a whole different country and you are going to encounter different. So yeah. How about if I don't have the opportunity to do that? And I'll say two things. One, it takes intention because you have to get out of the default. We all have a default and we'll yep. feel comfortable in our default. You know, you, we, my wife and I talk about, you know, <laughs> we ask each other very often, more often than we should, uh, what's for dinner? And <laughs> we come up with the same three or four answers every time we ask that. Now, they're not just three or four answers. But also the one that we feel comfortable with, we don't have to think that hard. And so we're this number of choices and, you know, that becomes our default. Now, right. once in a while, we're like, we're feeling adventurous. Let's go and go somewhere else. Um, so it takes intention to, to make different choices and, you know, insert yourself in different spaces. Um, and so, yes, that's the first ingredient, right? You have to decide that you're going to do it. And it sometimes helps you if you have an accountability partner, someone that you tell them that you're going to do it. And so, <laughs> you know, they can ask you about it, right? Because we, yeah. we as human beings uh, are, are the hardest and the easiest on ourselves when you yeah. come to, you know, changing things. Um, but the other thing is if you, there's a simple thing that we all do that is a great opportunity to have different experiences. You can watch a different movie or a different TV show. You can read a different book. You can listen to a different podcast that someone recommends or you're not you know, familiar with. In addition uh, to the uplifting impact. In addition. Yeah, I mean, okay. you have to listen to this one, but then some other podcasts too. And, and, and that, you're, you're already having, you're listening and you're learning from others' experiences, the way they talk about the world, the way they see the world. And... That doesn't really cost you much money. I was telling you earlier that you can go yeah. to the library and get a book for free, which I do often. And I started to peruse uh, a list uh, of you know the the top ten Latin American authors of you know 2020, or you know books that you need to read in the Asia Pacific Heritage Month, and 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 start finding things that I will naturally not know, sure. and have the intention to pick up that without knowing. You know, if it's going to work for me or not, 
but that's a way to have new experiences, right? Experiences are also um, not just physical. The actual experiences are well expands your your mind is the mental experience of engaging yeah. with someone else's story. So you don't have to go to India. You can read about India, or you know, read about even someone in your neighborhood that you know is talking about a topic that you're not very familiar with. So all of that is uh, works the muscle. I I, I love everything mm-hmm. that you just said about that because there's ways to do this that are small, but have huge impact. The idea of having intention, the idea of being in a space where you're getting outside of your, your, your bubble and that you're doing things that are expanding your horizon, right? Expanding your, what, what your knowledge base looks like. Um, I am like you, I could spend all day in a library. Are you kidding me? Like (laughs) if you were like, Oh, Deanna, let's hang out and play pickleball. I'd be like, okay. But if you're like, Oh, Deanna, let's go hang out in the library. I'd be like, what time let's go. I am there. Just FYI. Um, <laughs> so I think, you know, we only have a few minutes left, but I, I do have a really important question for you right now on the minds of everybody, right? Every conversation I feel like I'm in, we are having conversations about recruitment and we are having conversations about retention. Mm-hmm. Given all the things that you have experienced, right? And how intentional you've been about expanding your own horizons. What does that look like at the organizational level? What what are some of the sources and strategies that you've seen to be most effective that really get people excited about coming to an organization and then keep people excited about staying at an organization? Yeah. No, I, I love the question. I, I And this is the heart of what we do, and it hasn't changed for many years. Right? I mean, we've changed the language. We've changed the way we describe this work. But the goal of the work hasn't changed. Right? We, we want to bring... Um, you know, the, we want to invite people from all walks of life into the organization, not because it's, it's, it's out of generosity for them, it's out of, because we want to be successful and we know that if we really have the best ideas and, and the, the most, the, the, the variety of ways of looking at things and approaches, um, we'll have more to work with. And so that's our why, right? We want to bring more diversity. But you have to be a place where people believe that if they come, who they are is going to be appreciated, that you don't have to leave things out, right? That you don't have to work too hard to fit in because that's wasted energy. Now, there's a natural dynamic that, you know, there is a dominant culture, right? There's a dominant uh, way of being and, and talking and, and, and working. Uh, and that exists everyone, but there's a, a numerical majority. The dominant group sets the culture, right? And so we were talking about default earlier, the default of the culture is the dominant culture. And so if you're not intentional about really understanding that that may not work for everyone, and that is not just about letting them in and saying, okay, you can come in, but here's, here's how we are here. So as long as you can adapt to this, you'll be successful. You're, you're actually chopping off the diversity that you want to bring and enrich your culture, right? When you right. ask people to adapt. And so it's, it's about this mindset. Um, it, it's, it's understanding that if you want diversity, you really want to have, you need to be the place where that diversity can thrive. Right when when all ideas are truly welcome, where all the styles of doing and talking and um, connecting are actually appreciated and welcome, and that's not an easy thing to do. 
because um, diversity creates, you know, when everyone is kind of the same, it, it seems like the, you don't have to work too hard to get people to work together, right? Because, right. you know, you understand each other, you know how you know how things work. When you bring difference, yeah, it takes a little bit more work to bridge and to adjust and to, um, you know, to pause and clarify. Um, but that's, without that work, you won't get the benefits yeah. of the diversity you're trying to bring. And so you can't have, you can't say we want diversity, but we don't want to change all of these things of who we are. Right. It doesn't make sense. Right. But that, but, but that's what we say today. That's what yeah. we do. Um, yep. And so it's, it's, it's a lot about, yes, it's practices, it's, um, it's auditing your own ways of doing things, your benefits, your compensation policy. But at the heart is, I think, creating a mindset of openness where we are, curious mm -hmm. and uncomfortable with living in a space where things are not certain all the time, when we don't know all the time what to do, exactly how to do it, how people work. Again, that takes time, but it, yeah. it's an intention. But I, I don't think we can do this any other way. You know, I, the word that comes to mind there is ambiguity. You know, like that we have to get more comfortable in that space of, of ambiguity because you can't know everything, right? If you're bringing in diversity. Well, I'm so sad to say this, but we're, we're getting close to the end of, of our conversation so quickly here. Guillermo, I know there's going to be people who want to follow you, see the other things that you've done, you know, learn from you. What is the best way for them to stay connected? Um, you know, uh, LinkedIn is probably the, the best way. Uh, I uh, accept every and any invitation to connect. And uh, I love to have conversations and connect with people who are interested in learning about this work or that are already doing this work and want to share experiences um, or just someone who wants to share a perspective with me um, that is different from what we talked about or they think is valuable. That's the best place. Fantastic. Yeah. In other places, I'm very, I'm very spotty about my checking. <laughs> well, we'll make sure that we put that into the show notes. So I just want to say thank you so much for, for your time. Thank you so much for sharing uh, more about you. It's always so fun to hear how people have come into this work, how their perception of it has changed over time and also like what they're doing, right? Like what, and, and in that idea of, of ambiguity, we don't talk about that as, you know, it, it's almost like antithetical to what we normally talk about. We want to know what the plan is and what the strategy is and who's going to do it and how we're going to do it and all of that. And I, I know I fall into that trap pretty yeah. often. Right. And, uh, but that's not not the kind of space that always is going to help diversity thrive. And so that there's lots of nuggets that you gave me. I have all these like um, notes here, but that that's one I, that I think I'm going to wrestle with. And I hope our, our listeners wrestle with it too. So thank you again for being here with us. We're, we're so glad for all of you who are listening that you were able to join us for another week's episode of Uplifting Impacts podcast. We know that in order to uplift the impact, we need all of the hands that we can get. We need all of the people to join in this space of ambiguity and bring their wonderful ideas to bear. So if you are uh, one of those people who is also looking to encourage other people to join, we'd ask that you go ahead and share the Uplifting Impact podcast podcast with your network. 
If you have some thoughts or some questions or some other ideas, or maybe even ideas for guests, we encourage you to go to our website, upliftingimpact.com, where we post all of these podcasts and also to connect with us on LinkedIn. We're also really active on, on LinkedIn and love, love, love to hear some of your thoughts and comments. So you can look up either myself or, or my wonderful co-host, Justin Ponder, and connect with us there. But Thank you so much, uh, Guillermo, for your time. And until next week, please keep on uplifting the impact. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.